to breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch If only you could do that in real life Just reboot a room if shit goes weird Reboot the room, the vibe is off so I don't like the way you, the way you guys sound right now. So I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't really been in a room with people a whole lot. Right. Lately. So maybe I'd be like, no, y'all keep sounding like fucking weirdos. I'm good with it. Man, I went to a bar last night what? for the first time since I know. Wow. I know. Uh it was a it was one of Trisha's friend's birthdays and she worked at a bar and so she secured the entire outdoor patio for us for our little group of That's cool. cool. Yeah, so we masked up and we did it all, whatever, sat far apart. But still just the feeling of sitting around a table just shooting the shit at a bar was like surreal. It felt like, oh, is this like a a ride I paid for admission to? Because it's like a theme park version of what I remember life being yeah, like. Yeah, we went, Lisa and I attended a small COVID style, <laughs> not, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was going with there, but a wedding over the weekend. And it, her parent, the bride's parents had bought everybody like the face shields that you wear, like as glasses, oh, yeah. which were cool in theory, but you still kind of had to, lift them up to eat and also it does like block your sound pretty significantly so (laughs) everybody was just screaming at each other but it didn't really sound like it i kept mine though i fucking love that thing dude i kept mine too and um when cap city sent out the thing that they were closing a Mm. few of us i know a few of us went up to cap and just like sat there and then uh, some news crew showed up and we had all like, we were outside. We didn't, you know, we had our masks. We didn't have them on. Yeah. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to get caught on TV without this. And so all I mm-hmm. had was that face shield. And thank God that's not the image they used. Cause I was I love, like, well, <laughs> I love that you were wearing your face shield, but those things, I don't know. At least you can see the other person reacting to what you're saying. Cause I mean, I feel like all three of us and most people are pretty expressive with their faces mm-hmm. and yeah, it was nice to be able to pandemic speak to other people and see how they look without feeling like a total asshole. I don't know. I just like seeing people's mouths. It's true. (laughs) I never (laughs) knew how much I needed it until now. Thanks, COVID. I have no poker face, so I love masks. Because like now I can actually seem somewhat mysterious about what I'm thinking. I love it. Uh, yeah, it also is cutting down on my misgendering like 95% to like just have a mask on the bottom half of my face. It's like, that's right. Figure it out for my hair, bitches. Right? <laughs> that's all you See get. See how yeah. womanly my hair is. That's all you is. get. <laughs> I feel like also uh, every problem, blemish area on my face is entirely covered by a mask and so it's like oh cool i don't like have to fucking wear makeup if i'm going out somewhere um my husband is like i guess probably less than thrilled that i constantly look like a trash person but you know it's fine 
Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. He bought the cow. Seriously. You're done. <laughs> You're fucking done. I, I think, I hope masks stay like an acceptable part of our fashion culture. I think it will. Just for the fashion alone. I, I 100% yeah. think it will. And I love, like, I, I've gotten a couple of like fancy masks now. I got my sister like a pleather one with fringe on it. Like, I don't know. I, I'm into it. Wow. Yeah. And it's not the most Texas. Thing. It is. She did like, like I sent it to her randomly and didn't tell her I was sending it to her. And she, she does a lot of like, um, like she loves drag race and does like a whole lot of kind of, um, drag style makeup. She even shaved off the sides of her eyebrows so she could <laughs> make her eyebrows shaped the way she wanted to. Um, but I sent mm. her this mask without saying anything. And I was like, I wonder if she ever got it. And I went on Instagram and she had done like a whole fucking photo shoot with like this Dolly Parton type <laughs> fringe shirt that used to be her mom's and the mask. And I was like, gee, I ha- I'm glad you liked it. You fucking bitch. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> you know, it's, it's good times and she's going to listen to this. So fuck you, Haley. Good. I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. Man, you have a lot of anger today. I do. Whitney. I'm very excited by the cold. It's like pep in my step. <laughs> I don't usually need that much, but I got it. So I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like that it makes you angry. <laughs> I don't know. Step, you just come out swinging. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not good at expressing my energy. I guess, or maybe it just comes out. I'm sorry. I'll try to get more drunk on wine to calm me down. Does that make sense? No. I mean, in theory. <laughs> I'm only a couple sips in, so fuck. Who's, uh, I mean, welcome to Weird Brunch, right? That's so- true. The WB on the WB. I never how, even thought about that. How have I? Yeah, I feel insane that that's the first time. Yeah, I've thought I about that. That's wild. And I even like I email myself stories constantly when I see them, and I always just put the subject as WB, mm-hmm. so it doesn't say. Are you sure you don't want to send this? Like it doesn't have a subject. So I put WB for everything, and I never thought of it. Karina's like, I did. <laughs> I I didn't. I was trying to come up with a CW thing, but I couldn't. I now CW. Uh, it should just go back to WB. I know. Whatever. Whatever. What was the CW for? Who who are they merging with? The Cartoon Network? What was it? Is it? <laughs> CBS? No. I have. No, it was the... Uh, Universal had a mm. thing, had a network. Wow, where did the C come from? I don't know. Uh, Listeners, send us your. What does CW emails. stand for? Somebody knows it. I'm sure we Wait, can Google it, but is I don't it, is want UPN to. a thing? Yes. Yeah, UPN was a thing, was and then it merged with the WB. Oh. That's why I'm having a hard time figuring out where the C fucking came from. Columbus. I mean, it comes after B. True. Got it. True. Mm-hmm. You still got it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> not at all. Do not have it anymore. 
Who wants I'm to gonna, go first? Let's just do it randomly. <gasps> what were you going to say? Randomly? Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I'm stuck on what the C stands for. It stands, stands for Karina. For see you next Tuesday. Oh, I get it. Do you I was going to say uh, cunts and witches. Oh, well, see, that's close. See you next Tuesday. Well, same thing. Oh, man, the girls stole my dice. No dice. I was gonna, no dice. Stop it. That was oh god. I'm never leaving this call. This is all, right. all I have going on for me right now. I, so since you just won that conversation <laughs> bit, I think you get to go first. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, um I, the C does stand for C and the W stands for one. That's so fucking boring. Karina, you should cut that out because I don't like hearing what Lisa just said. I'll just beep it out. Okay, good. (laughs) Yes, beep it out. Yeah. (laughs) It stands for clip. That's not even how a beep sounds. Oh, my God. I haven't (laughs) talked to other people in a long time, apparently. I'm losing my shit. I fucking love this. so excited for this story. Maybe it's, yeah. I went on a run before this, so. This is like, maybe I'm just like, like at an 11 and a half even like et ladies and gentlemen (laughs) whitney lamont yes i'm sorry everybody (laughs) i apologize i love it just be glad you don't live with me sorry john all right oh it's spooky time it's halloween so i'm gonna talk about people who lure it's almost halloween okay i know it's the beginning of september but in my brain it's fucking halloween time and i've already started decorating for halloween because what the hell else do we have going on i never leave the house so in my head and from now until probably after halloween i'm doing fucking halloween themed shit so this is going to be two-ish little stories about people who lured children away with candy. (gasps) It's a thing. There's a reason people say it. Okay. So what first got me onto this was some fucking stupid article that I read that was like, do you know every state's like scary thing? And I was like, I'm sure Texas is like Chupacabra or something like that. And yes, that was there. However, there was also a thing about a woman called the Candy Lady. Woo, spooky. I had never heard of this. So. It it sounds like you're just about to tell us Hansel and Gretel. (laughs) I am, but this is a real woman. They have pictures of her. Or that this is like the spider woman. Like, well, we have Spider-Man. How are we going to do a spider? It's true. (laughs) We have have Spider-Woman. Okay. So (laughs) come back with me in time. Let's journey back into 1895. A terrible time for most women. Here we have pretty hot. Like, she looks intense, but, like, pretty hot woman. Not that you should judge women solely based on how they look. It's just like all I can see in front of me. Clara Crane. (laughs) It's just I can see. She. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay. So we have this girl. Her name is Clara Crane. She is 
fucked up. So Claire is living in North Texas in the late 1800s, and God, I'm sure it was fucking boring. Turns out her husband was kind of an asshole, and she starts to give him caramel candies that are laced with an unknown poison. Before she killed her husband, she... Her Their five-year-old daughter died, and Clara was like, you fucking shitty husband, I'm pretty sure that the reason she died is because of you. And apparently he was drunk at the time that their daughter died. She, like, got in some accident and died, and Clara always blamed him for him. So, supposedly, Clara started poisoning her husband. So he dies. They're like, Clara, hey, what's up, girl? You seem like super suspicious, but you're a woman and crazy. So we're going to put you up in this Terrell. I think it's Terrell, T-E-R-R-E-L-L. Yeah, isn't that how Terrell County, like Terrell, Texas? Mm -hmm. Yes. Terrell State Hospital for Lunatics. Gotta love that word. Uh, While in this asylum, Clara had apparently been making this doll out of torn bed sheets and she calls the dog the doll marcy named it after her daughter and she's having a crazy time in this asylum here's a little portion of a letter she wrote to somebody named Aggie. Dearest Aggie, I'm elated. I've been informed by Dr. Matthews that Marcy, my daughter doll, And I will be returning home in less than three weeks. As you can imagine, Marcy can barely contain her excitement. Every night she asks, is tomorrow the day when we go home, mother? Very soon I will be able to tell her yes. So homegirl is clearly not okay. (laughs) And yet, you know, it's the late 1800s. They're like, you're not harming yourself or harming other people. So boom, have fun with your fake daughter doll. We're going to release you. (laughs) Clara also uh, a big part of the reason she was also released was because of overcrowding, which everywhere I feel like even now overcrowding, always a problem. Uh, In 1899, she gets released. And even though, She committed murder and did all that. She's deemed fit. But there's not really anywhere for her to go anymore. And so it's assumed that she just goes back to her hometown. And in 1903, four years later, children start disappearing near her property. How old is uh, Marcy at this point? Marcy, the doll of mm-hmm. the daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that would make the doll, what? That's 1895. Now it's 1903, eight years old. All right. Okay. Eight-year-old uh, rag doll. Rag doll. Yes. Mm-hmm. Marcy. So in 1903, kids start going missing around her property. 
there it's said that candy would be left on children's windows while they were sleeping and sometimes there would be notes on these wrappers and after several children went missing the townspeople are like is that fucking bitch clara she's crazy she killed her husband she's carrying around a doll of that's named after her other daughter her dead daughter a nearby farmer finds a bunch of fucking teeth in his field. And he's like, what's up, Sheriff? There are teeth in my field. They end up finding a, like, head with forks shoved into its eyes. And, well, I guess it's part of a body, not just the head. But in the pockets of this body are also, what? Candy. Oh, no. Spooky. No one knows what became of Clara Crane, but it is believed that the candy lady still roams around, luring children with candy, pulling out their teeth, and stabbing them to death in their eyes with forks. Boo! Mm. I just... I, I cannot wait to tell that story to my kids. I'm just the so candy excited. lady will stab you to death in the eyes. She's like the original razor blades in the candy. Right. Which I That's was a true. man, right? And he did it to his own son. I thought. I might be wrong. But I'm pretty sure. All right. Story number two. Ooh, spooky. It's already spooky. Let's talk about Cheryl. Jaws. So, little Cheryl. It's it's a few years later than when it was happening with our friend Clara. This is the fifties and sixties. Oh my God, let's party! Uh, so there's a little boy. His name is Richard Edgington. Uh, he's five years old. Everyone calls him Richie. He lives with his parents. They're living in Buffalo, New York. He's like going to the playground, playing, doing his own thing. And he happens to be approached by this woman while he's playing hide and seek. And the woman walks up to him and says, my mom is with your mom and you're supposed to come with me. And Richie is like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't really know you. And she grabs him by the wrist and she's like, if you don't come with me, I'll drown you. And he's like, holy shit. Okay. And so he goes with this woman. She's like, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, They're walking away from where he was playing hide and go seek, kind of like down the road, down different places. As they're going, this woman is eating Tootsie Rolls one after the other. And she was like, no, Richie, I'm not going to give you any candy. But I will if you promise not to cry. On their walk, they stop, ask people for directions multiple times. She's still, like, got Richie by the hand. They're going to the Buffalo Zoo. And along the way, she's picking up different weird objects from the street. There's butcher's twine, a plastic bag. Like, oh, kind of maybe if you wanted to kill a child, you would pick these things up. Oh, it could have just been a scavenger hunt. It's true. But it wasn't. So they walk through the zoo and they get to these greens that are nearby. And 
she's walking really fast through the greens and has on heels that are like tearing up the turf. And the greenskeeper is like, what the fuck, lady? Like, you're fucking up our turf. People are trying to golf. You're going to get <laughs> hit by a golf ball. You and this little boy that you Wait, clearly golfing at the zoo. It's next. There's to a the lot zoo. going on here. There's okay. balls flying like shit's happening. And it's a zoo full oh. of buffalo. <laughs> yes. A zoo Thank full you. of buffalo in Buffalo, New York. Whoa. So, Those are the only animals that can handle getting hit by golf balls. It's over true. Again, I so. mean, yeah. honestly, that might be accurate. Um, so yeah. the woman is like, fuck you, bro. Like, we're leaving. Whatever. They go and keep walking. And people think that that groundskeeper might be the reason why little Richie didn't end up dead. <gasps> was his name Willie? No, he wasn't groundskeeper Willie, unfortunately. But we can think of him that way. They keep walking. They stop at a <laughs> spot where there's an embankment. It's above a city street. There's a pool of like just random water, you know, like the probably over. What is that called? Like the gray water in it. Oh, my God. That's totally what it is. So she's like, look at the fucking gray water. I'm not going to kill you and drown you because you've been okay. But we are going to play Cowboys <laughs> and Indians. She ties him up, like takes off his clothes except for his underwear. She doesn't. How old is this woman? I'm. It's part of the story. So you'll have to wait. I am upset already. She's like, (laughs) okay, takes off his clothes, puts a bag over his head, ties his hands and feet together. She's like, we're playing Cowboys and Indians, tie you up all this shit, and I'm going to leave you here on these railroad tracks. And he's like a fucking five-year-old, and he's like, uh, okay. And then she just leaves. (laughs) So little little Richard is on the <laughs> the railroad tracks and he's like, you know, he's five, but he's known this whole time that something's fucking weird about this. He didn't want to go with her in the first place, but he was afraid like some shit is going down and he starts to struggle. He breaks the ropes on his feet, climbs the embankment with his hands tied behind his back and like wanders out. And some woman sees him and she's like, holy shit. Uh, And she grabs him. They go call the cops. And thank God, Richie didn't fucking die. But he was a lucky one. So despite... Lucky one? He's a lucky one. So despite Mm -hmm. only being five years old, Richie is a pretty good witness. He, <laughs> I know it's kind of wild, but they're like, well, you, you're the only one who saw her. Like you have to tell us what happened. And they're like, we need every single fucking detail because there's a kidnapping that had happened two months before this. They're like, Oh shit. That's right. There was a kidnapping that happened two months before this in april another five-year-old kid named susan benedict had been lured from her home by a woman who offered her candy and a trip to a zoo susan was also found alive bound and gagged on the same set of railroad tracks and they were like 
okay, clearly we have some like crazy fucking woman who's going around trying to kidnap children and kill them possibly. <sighs> this fucking sucks. Let's keep going. So June 23rd, <laughs> coming back to Richie after his kidnapping and him escaping, basically. Uh, Richard and his mom and the cops walk along the along the route that the abductor had taken him. And they, at the same time that they're going along this with the cops, a few blocks away, a little boy named Andrew Ashley leaves his home to go to the parkway and find or and play with his friend. This fucking little boy was three and a half years old. And I know it was the 60s, but his parents were like, yeah, he's mature enough to walk down the street to like a fucking park by himself, right? Sure. Go mm -hmm. for it. Little adorable blue-eyed three-and-a-half-year-old Andrew Ashley. Yes. Please get the fuck out of the house. You're driving me crazy. Yeah. 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 So he's, <laughs> he's going to walk down to the park, but he doesn't really make it. So... He, the friend that they thought he was going to see didn't show, or like, obviously he didn't make it there. Um, Had a prior engagement. Mrs. Ashley. <laughs> he double booked yeah. himself. He did. He did. <laughs> like, I have another play date. So when Andrew hadn't come home by 6 p.m., his mom is like, well, hey, knock, knock, knock other playmate that you were supposed to meet up with is my son here. And they're like, no, he's not here. He never has been here. And the mom's like, oh, fuck, I probably shouldn't have let my three and a half year old walk anywhere by himself. At 8 p.m., they call the police and report him missing. So back to the investigation. They walk along with Richie. This is all same time, same day, kind of. Richie is leading them around where the woman abducted him. They run into, of course, the groundskeeper. And the groundskeeper is like, oh, fuck yeah, I remember seeing that. She's She, was, she seemed kind of crazy. She had to have been like 28 or so. And Richie is like... You know, he's a little kid, so he had been like, he's old enough to be my mommy, but not old enough to be my grandma. That was a wide range, yeah. And it's a wide range, but uh, you get the kind of idea, mm -hmm. especially when combined with the groundskeeper who said she looked around 28. That is pretty specific. <laughs> he has a thing for 28-year-olds, yeah. Maybe he has a, it's yeah. true. So the disappearance of the other little boy, Andrew Ashley, everyone in the neighborhood is like, oh, fuck. So they're, they, the whole neighborhood is like, we need to find this kid. The Boy Scouts come out. The <laughs> cops Whoa. come out. Whoa. I know. Right? If the Boy Scouts are on it. I mean, at this point, I trust the Boy Scouts more than the cops. But uh, it depends on what you're afraid of. So one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Murder. Yeah. I would be yeah, afraid the, of in the this Scouts situation. So I would trust the Boy Scouts. Yes. So one of the Ashley family's neighbors is like, you know what? I saw a woman with the little Ashley boy. And she had him by the hand and she was leading him in the direction of the zoo. And that woman 
definitely had to be about 35 years old. And they're like, okay, so we have this wide range. We have 28. We have 35. And they're like, cool, she's between 28 and 40, which isn't that great. But all right, let's go for this. So they're still trying to look for the little Ashley boy. And it's very hard for me to not just say Laura Ashley boy, (laughs) but little Ashley boy. There's police undercover. They also think that the, you know, since she had told Richie that she would drown him, they're like, well, let's call up our scuba cops, start dragging shit and looking in the lakes and ponds. Nothing's coming like up. The idea that there's cops at the cop station just wearing scuba gear at all times, just like waiting, waiting for the scuba yeah. cop call. Here I am, <laughs> just sitting on the side of a boat, like waiting yep. to fall over backwards with their gear on and just into the running water. up to the park in their flippers. Like <laughs> this is all on a Friday. That Saturday, so the next Saturday or the day after, the police get called again because this six-year-old girl, Elizabeth Palermo, said or her mom had caught some, quote, big girl leading her Whoa. away by the hand. And Mrs. Palermo happened to notice and she was like, um, excuse me, big girl, what the fuck are you doing? And oh the girl is like, ah! and she runs oh. away. But she had told her daughter that they were going to go for candy. And the mom's like, this is fucked up. Shit's going down around our town. We need to figure this out. Call in the cops. They report that. Regular cops or scuba cops? I can't confirm which cops, but I'm going to say scuba cops. And they arrived in flippers and a wetsuit. So, (laughs) yes. Officers are able to fucking track down the girl who tried to walk away with this woman or with the child. And the woman was like, fuck you, bitch. No, they track her down. They're like, hey, what? who are you? And she's like, my name is Miss Donald Johnson. I live on Wade Street. And Mrs. Palermo, the mom, is like, fuck you. There is no Wade Street. And she's like, okay, fine. My name is Cheryl Joles. I live on Leroy Avenue and I'm 15 years old. Oh. And they're like, okay, well, this is like what you did was fucked up and it's weird to ask kids to go get candy, but you're 15 and we're pretty sure we're looking for a woman who's between 28 and 40 and you are clearly out of that range. And she's like, they're like, you just picked the wrong day to invite children for candy. And she's <laughs> like, she, like, show them some kind of identification or like, no. birth I mean, at 15, do you have identification? Yeah. Well, right. That's why I would lie and say I'm 15. <laughs> well, they're like, cool. Just don't go offering candy to kids, creepo. She gets released. <laughs> Less than 24 hours after that, the FBI traces a call that's made to the Ashley home, which is the little boy who is gone. The person on the call was a female, and she told the mom, the Ashley mom, your son, Andrew, is okay. 
He's going to be returned and unharmed if the police investigation about this is called off. And Mrs. Ashley is like, yeah, that sounds good. Like, let's keep talking. I don't know. I don't know if you're like paying attention or whatever, but blah, 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 blah. Let's just chat, chat, chat. Turns out she gets her to chat for long enough for the FBI to trace the fucking call. And where did they trace it to? Cheryl Joel's in a fucking phone booth. And she's like, oh, oh God, hey guys, hey guys. Like hanging <laughs> up the phone. But it's new people. <laughs> yeah, it's new people. It's the FBI. It's not the local mm. police. And unaware of the fact that just the day before, Cheryl had been fucking with the police. They're like, okay, well, I guess you're just a wild teenager who wants to be a dick. So we're going to let you go. <laughs> she gets let go. Meanwhile, Lieutenant John Duggan and a few other officers, along with little Richie <laughs> and his mom, comb the root, the root of him and the cat kidnapper again. And when they come back around, they find Richie's pith helmet. So the thing about this is that he had had on a pith helmet. And if you're unaware of what a pith helmet is, it's like a safari mm -hmm. helmet, like, you know, like the wild thornberries. So Richie had been wearing a pith helmet. They find this pith helmet over by the railroad tracks where Richie had been tied up. And Richie's like, you know what's fucked up about that? She took my pith helmet and wore it when she left. <sighs> and they're like, Oh shit. So that means she came back to see if little Richie had indeed been run over by a fucking train, but he hadn't. And I guess she was just like, well, fuck it. And took off yeah, the hat. At least and I left. got this helmet. Yeah. Uh, well, I had the helmet for a day and now I'm going to leave it here. Right, so okay. done with the helmet. She takes it off and just leaves it there. This alleged attempted killer kidnapper. At 2.34 p.m. that next day, the body of Andrew Ashley is found floating in three feet of water in Delaware Park Lake, about seven feet offshore. Mm -hmm. His hands and feet were tied with a nylon stocking. A dish rag was shoved in his mouth. He only had on his underwear and a T-shirt, and his cause of death was suffocation due to drowning. The cops are like... Clearly, he had been bound and thrown into the lake within a couple hours of his abduction, which is so fucking sad. Uh, the Ashleys are obviously devastated, but there's also a massive, highly publicized search for the killer now. And the police are like, I mean, you know, there's fucking weirdos, but okay, Leads are pouring in, suspects are getting questioned, days are passing, and the commissioner, Commissioner Frank Felicetta is like, I feel like we've missed something. Somebody must have already been interviewed. I'm fearful we may have talked to this woman and passed her by, is what he said. And he's like, y'all need to go back through and re-interview all of our suspects and witnesses. Once again, little Richard Edgington is the best five-year-old little witness. The police release a sketch 
of the kidnapper that's based on his description of her. And it depicts a younger girl with her hair in a ponytail. And like I said, he had described his mother or his abductor as old enough to be someone's mommy. But as they find out, Richard's mom at the time was only 21 years old. So when he was a bait, like she was a, you know, teen mom. So he's used to seeing a very young woman in a mother figure, which kind of skews the age right there. So the revised sketch of the abductor, the parents of Elizabeth Palermo, the little girl who almost got led away, and Patty Brown, who had both encountered her, both, again, are like, this sketch is the fucking woman we saw. We know this was her. And they're like, it's gotta be. And the they're like, okay, we're pretty sure it's Cheryl Joel's. And then this other guy calls up and he's like, oh yeah, Cheryl Joel's. I also saw her like last week. She just, I watched her rip a branch off of a tree and just beat the tree viciously whipping the trunk like a crazy person. And they're like, well, this, you know what? That's what's weird about it. The giving candy to children, the calling the people of the children, you know, that's, it's the whipping the tree from a man. That's what we're going to go on. Oh, we got to get this bit. <laughs> on July 3rd, they bring Cheryl in for questioning and she's super hostile. She's like, I fucking hate the cops. Quote, those dirty cops are always following me and bothering me. She's like, I have nothing to do with these crimes. And they're like, cool, that's fine. Well, we're going to put you in a lineup. And Richie comes in and he's like, Boop. yeah, that's Cheryl. He identified her immediately. She, a search of Cheryl's home turns up several items of interest, including a journal of her daily activities with several references to the Ashley investigation and an undated hand-drawn map of the fucking route through Delaware Park that said the way I went last Friday. No, which I I feel like I've done a couple stories now where the killers have just written down exactly what they've done and been like, this is fucking normal. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl's taken to police headquarters. She's questioned by Commissioner Felicetta. He's like, you're really antagonistic. And <laughs> she's definitely 15 years old. She had a very troubled history, of course. Uh, she had been confined to mental hospitals twice in her life and treated with shock therapy. She had just completed seventh grade, so she was a few years behind because most seventh graders are 12 years old. Mm. When she actually was 12, she was suspected of setting a fire at the group home that she lived in. She was currently living with her parents and younger sister, but had been in and out of foster homes and institutions most of her life. She had six other siblings who were also pretty much in and out of foster care. And then there's a lot of stuff about how she clearly had a bad background. There's not anything about like sexual abuse, but I'm fucking sure it was there. Her parents are like, yeah, I've always known there was something wrong with Cheryl. Her mom said, 
Quote, I've said there was something wrong with Cheryl for 10 years. She tells a reporter this. So Cheryl's parents are trash. God, throw under the bus much. Yeah. Yeah. Some other people claimed that Cheryl had been brought to like various welfare agencies, but nobody ever did anything about it. And she finally confessed to kidnapping and denied actually killing Andrew Ashley. She said she just left him tied up and gagged next to the lake and he must have rolled in on himself or by himself. And the police are like, yeah, we don't believe that. She obviously isn't really sane. They do fully confirm that it was her because they tested hair that was found in the pith helmet of little Richard. And psychiatrists are like, yeah, she's got to go to the state hospital for the criminally insane. And she does in 1962. Two years later, in 64, she goes back to Buffalo and they're like, yeah, okay, we're pretty sure you're sane enough to stand trial. And she like breaks down in court and they're like, nope, back to the mental institution in 1969. It happens again. They're like, no, she's totally not psychotic anymore. (laughs) But there are other doctors who are like, if we bring her back into a court, she's probably going to have another psychotic episode. We think that charges against her should be dismissed. And so the in 1971, they're like, you know what? You're right. She obviously was out of her mind. And while we do, you know, have her here in this mental institution, all the shit against her is dismissed and we're just going to release her. And so her status now is completely unknown. I don't know if she's alive or dead, but charges were dropped and she is a free person if she still is and has been since. 1971. What the fuck? Completely unknown. Yep. So those are my strangers trying to lure children with candy stories. Oh, man. Such classics. That's such a classic move. I thought it was like just a... Like strangers with candy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Get in the van. You think it's men, but women are the real problem. And everybody knows (laughs) it. Oh, All yeah. right, red pills here. Uh, here we go. Let's talk about a bad bitch. So, Yay. is this is this tied to Halloween? Since it's Halloween season, I just want to make sure. If we're you all could on make team. that connection, that'd be great for me. Thanks. It's a common Halloween costume. Oh, all right, beautiful. Yep. So, in 1697, in Cork, Ireland. Anne McCormick is born. Uh, She's the illegit kid of a servant. Gross. Um, And (laughs) her employer, some fucking lawyer. So mom is Mary Brennan. Dad is William McCormick. Uh, William's wife finds out about, you know, this affair. And she's going all around town. Like, look at this little cheating bitch. Uh, And his business declines. So he scoops up Mary and Anne, moves to London, and starts dressing Anne up as a boy and calling her Andy. Is this like Raggedy Ann and Andy? (gasps) No. Okay. (laughs) 
And then William's wife found out that she, uh, he had taken Anne in, and she was like, "Oh, okay. You're you took her in. You're dressing her as a boy. Bring, clearly, you're bringing her up to be a lawyer's clerk. I'm not giving you any more money." Apparently, that was the situation. So. Anne's about 10 years old. They head to the Carolinas. So at this point, um, old, old Papa is has been run out of the literal of the continent. Like, imagine that happening to you. I hope that's what happens to Trump. Oh, yeah. Maybe that'll happen. Send him to the new world. <laughs> so William McCormick also drops the Mick in McCormick to blend in. <laughs> like, they're not going to notice that Irish accent. Sure. So now he's just William Cormick. They moved to Charles Town. <laughs> Who do you think was in charge? <laughs> Zing! <sighs> William tries to be an attorney again. Nah. And then he goes into merchant business and makes bank. Uh, Anne's mother dies when Anne is 12. So I guess she's left with old Billy. Very fun. Teen Anne. People were like, Oh, she's a good catch. Uh, she had like fiery red hair and, you know, very fucking Irish. And she had a temper like a motherfucker. So uh, she stabbed a servant girl with a table knife at 13 years old. Oh, no. And then there's another story about a dude who tried and failed at sexually harassing her. And she put him in the hospital for several weeks. That I approve of. Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. So <laughs> she is seen. You know, because people didn't really know about that. She's seen as a very eligible wife and her father's out here like betrothing her ass left and right. And she's like, nah, bitch. So at 16, she elopes with a uh, poor sailor slash small time pirate, James Bonney. It was, it's kind of rumored that he was in it for her dad's fortune. Uh, but whoops, <laughs> William disowns. And slash Andy when she married this 18th century street punk. So <laughs> there's one story that says uh, that Bonnie set fire to her father's plantation in retaliation, but no evidence supports this. And then sometime between 1714 and 1718, she and James moved to Nassau. It's like, this sanctuary for English pirates. Uh, it's known as the Republic of Pirates. And then in 1718, some fucking governor who used to be a pirate shows up and James Bonney just like bitches the fuck out and starts being an informant to get a pardon for his dumb small time bullshit, which is like, okay, we've got a pirate who turned into a pig. And then we've got uh, this guy who's just snitching left and right. Can't trust a pirate, man. Mm -mm. Meanwhile, so while he's being a little bitch, Anne is hanging out in the tavern. She's partying with pirates. Uh, she meets a guy named John Calico Jack Brackham. Love it. Oh. Yeah. He's a former captain of a pirate ship. She starts hooking up with him because James sucks. Pissed that he's a snitch because while he's been snitching, like she's out here making friends with these motherfuckers. And then with the help of her good buddy, Pierre, a celebrated gay who ran a brothel, uh, she leaves her husband. Calico Jack's like, oh, I got this. And then offers to pay James to divorce Anne. But James is like, no. So Anne just takes the fuck off uh, with Calico Jack in August of 1720. 
They commandeer a ship, they get a new crew, and they are pirating merchant boats off of Jamaica, just living that life. A woman on board was, you know, the superstition there is that it's bad luck. Some say that only Captain Jack and one other knew she was a woman. Others say Bonnie was like, what up? I'm a woman, bitches. And then when she was out stealing shit and pillaging, uh, she would dress like a dude. And then that was mostly just so she could uh, get into the fights and like not be treated differently. Knock them around, man. Hell yeah. And then I also saw a thing that said the love relationship between Anne and Calico was not public, but on the ship, everyone knew that she was the captain's woman. So, Hmm. you know, lots of, lots of confusing things uh, being retold and retold from the 1700s. So, and by untrustworthy pirates. True. Dirty. Well, come on, let's not. Not all pirates. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. yeah. That's fair. So somehow Anne gets knocked up. She pops out a kid in Cuba and then took the fuck off to go pillage some more shit. So there's several theories about what happened to this kid. Uh, some people think that she just abandoned the child. Some believe that uh, Captain Jack Calico... Jack had a friend with a family in Cuba who agreed to raise the child. And some even believe that her child died at birth who no one fucking knows. Well, it's very rare also to have a male calico. So (laughs) no, that was a cat joke. I'm sorry. No, it was no. (laughs) I'm sorry. It wasn't funny. I'm sorry. (laughs) So she got to Cuba, like Jack leave, like kind of leaves her there. He's like, I'll be back, baby. Uh, when he comes back, there's a woman named Mary Reed on board. And she just, you know, they just all three go. Um, they're, everything's totally chill. Uh, they steal a boat. They head to Nassau. They get a new crew. They go out pirating again. Also, by the way, Anne and Mary Reed are said to have been together, too. Nice. Like a polyamorous relationship on the high seas. Uh, Yeah, get that thruple motherfucker. There's a novel about this somewhere. (laughs) There's definitely fanfic about it. Yeah. And it's all with Johnny Depp involved. Anne becomes like pirate famous so much so that um, some other, like a different governor, puts her on a wanted pirates list that goes out in the only newspaper there is at the time. The Americas. There you yeah. go. You got it. The new, the new world. <laughs> so the, she's on this wanted pirates list, which is basically FBI's most wanted list of the 1720s. And then on November 15th of 1720, Calico Jack's crew is attacked by some other bitch ass pirate turned cop, Jonathan Barnett. He's now a commander in the British Navy. Get fucked. The ship was anchored and everyone was hammered. So all of Calico Jack's crew um, and Anne's crew, they were just fall down drunk. And they're celebrating the capture of a Spanish commercial ship. While all of these guys are fucking hammered, you know those bitches held it down. Anne and Mary actually hold off Barnett's troop 
for a while and then they're outnumbered because uh, it's just two people against an entire <sighs> British Navy commander Navy. Yeah. who used to be a pirate and fucking sold out. Um, I feel so like the whole the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean. The, um, the, I think this is the first actually, because then they're all taken to Port Royal of Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. fame. Mm-hmm. But do. And they are, so they're all taken there in Jamaica to stand trial. The gossip about these two ladies who are pirates? No, is just, it's sensationalized uh, the entire trial. And then Captain Jack and the dudes are tried on November 16th, one day after they are attacked, and they are sentenced to hang. Anne was allowed to visit Jack one last time, and she told his ass, had you fought like a man, you need not have been hanged like a dog. That's a burn. Yeah. Yeah. Final words to this dude. (laughs) Yeah. Do it again. Uh, You're a bitch, and that's why you're dying. Anne and Mary are tired. Mm-hmm. I, I I had a dyslexic. It moment. sounded like they're you were going to say they're topless. The mm-hmm. Anna Marrier, dear diary. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Anne and Mary are tried a week after the dudes are executed. Both women were like, but the baby. Are they pulling? Yeah. They're both pregnant. Is that the deal? Mm. Yes. Okay. And so English common law women receive a temporary stay of execution until they give birth. So they're like, cool, we're we're chill for a minute. Mary dies in prison from fever in 1721. And then Anne, no one fucking knows. So there's no (laughs) there's no records of her release or execution. Um, so it's widely assumed that her father bought her freedom from that fucking Jamaican governor. And then she returns to Charlestown and gave birth to Captain Jack's kid. The So she actually was pregnant. I don't know about Mary. The stories about the rest of her life from that point on are uh, varied. <laughs> so one of them says she remarries in 1721 to a man named Joseph Burley, had eight kids and died on April 25th, 1782. 85 years old? (laughs) Another one says she just settles down to a quiet family life on a small Caribbean island. Uh, Another one says she lived out her life in the south of England, owned a tavern, and told all of her crazy high seas tales. And then the other one is that her father married her to a Jamaican official. She changed her name to Annabelle, had eight kids, and died at 88 years old. Hmm. So I'm sure it's a combo of all those, but probably Hmm. she had at least five kids. Yeah. On average. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she sounds like a badass. And maybe her, her maiden name is Bonnie, right? Uh, no, that's her first married name is Anne Bonnie. Her oh. maiden name is McCormick or Cormick. Cormick, that's right. 
Well, mm-hmm. you know, the song Brandy could be about oh. her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they mistook it, Bonnie for Brandy. Mm-hmm. And her, I'm in. you know, her eyes could steal a sailor from the sea, as far as I know. I mean, it's true. She mm-hmm. was hooking up with a lot of those pirates in that tavern, man, or those taverns. And the women, too, from what it sounds like. So, Shit, yeah, dude. Do whatever you want. Live your life. Be yeah. free. As so, Rihanna says. Badass bitch and Bonnie, lady pirate. We're all going to see them this Halloween. It's that <laughs> sweet last minute, what the fuck do I wear? I have one of those big belts and I can like tie up a button down. It'll be great. Yeah, mm-hmm. all I need is a plastic cutlass and some sassy lipstick. Mm. I have a Hell lot yeah. of sassy lipstick, so. Yeah, well, I mean, that's you can't be a pirate without lots of face makeup. They're known for it. <laughs> lots of eyeliner, yeah. to be specific, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> Thanks, Disney, <laughs> for that historical <laughs> accuracy. <sighs> well, I can combine... Halloween and mysterious islands. Okay. Okay. Where pirates actually some piracy did go down. Yeah. Smuggling. Believe it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, So there's not really a story here. I just, I really want to tell you guys about an island in England called Foulness Island. Ooh. Ooh. Is there a murder most foul there? Hmm. Kind of, kind of. There is a very full graveyard there. So Foulness Island is really not exactly an island. It's just part of England that's kind of hard to get to because it's cut off by marsh and a couple of rivers from the mainland. So it's surrounded by the River Crouch (laughs) and the River Roach. So... Fucking way to go. name better fucking rivers. Are you serious? And Island. And Roach. All three of these names that you've given us so far are gross. Oh, yeah. This sounds like a terrible place. Oh, it's going to get worse. Have you so, been to the- Sorry. And then, of course. Go ahead. Have I been where? No, I, it was stupid. I was going to say, have you accidentally gone to the island in Animal Crossing, that's just straight up roaches and trash and no fish. There's like, no. I got sent to that island on Animal Crossing and all it was was roaches in the rivers and trash that you could fish. It was disgusting. And that's how I rem- imagine this place. Okay. It, okay. <laughs> I'm going to start. I'm going to follow up with you on that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it offline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the island has some population and uh, it's mostly uh, visited by bird watchers because a lot of seabirds stop off at that island during their seabird business in the North Sea. That's such a British fucking thing. Yeah. So that's that's really kind of the, the nice things about it. Uh it's also owned by a company called Kinetic, Q-I-N-E-T-I-Q, who <laughs> exists only to service the Ministry of Defense. 
So it's basically a private military contractor that bought the entire island. And the main thing they're doing with it is testing out landmines. (gasps) So it's full of landmines. Just everywhere you go, bombs, uh, the sounds of explosion are very common on the island. Uh, Guided missile systems are built there. Exploding shells, atomic weapons were developed there in some parts. And uh, there's also a church and a pub. (laughs) And that's about it. A couple hundred residents, 84 houses, 18 of them are empty, and yet there are homeless people on the island. So don't worry. Fucking shit, this place. (laughs) Well, they can't like go live in the woods. They'll get fucking blown up. Yeah, and Kinetic won't like uh, uncondemn the 18 houses that they kind of want to use for bomb tests. Basically, the military is slowly trying to shove people off the fucking island. Mm -hmm. But people have been there since Roman times, so it's kind of hard. Uh, so the church and the pub are at a place on the island called Church End. Uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and the pub is called the Georgian Dragon. I'd and, hang out there. Uh, the church is called St. Mary's, both of which are closed and condemned and boarded up. Never mind. And then there's a lot of uh, happy little islanders. So the thing is, the military... Sure. The military, uh, there is a road that was built in 1932 that goes out to this island. Uh, but it is only used by a single bus service uh, that the, the country runs. I don't know, the county parish. I don't know how the bus systems work in England. Uh, and the bus only runs Monday through Saturday. Those are the only days that the military will allow the bus to go to the island. The only working business on the island is an historical museum in its old one-room schoolhouse that tells the history of the island. And that museum is only open on Sundays. <laughs> so you might be wondering, how the hell do I go visit this museum? Sounds awesome. I want to read more about the Great Flood of 1954 and visit mm. very, 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 very full cemetery. How do I get to the island on a Sunday if the buses won't run because the military won't let them? Well, in concession to public right of way, Sundays is the day when you're allowed to use the broomway. No, what the fuck? The broomway is the historic route to Falmouth Island dating back to Roman times. It is a public right-of-way which starts at the Wakering Stairs on the coast of Essex near Shuberiness. No, no. Mm -hmm. It's an old footpath, shoeberiness, S H O E B U R Y N E S S, shoeberiness. Oh. A lot of shoes get buried there, I guess. The footpath goes 300 meters out to sea into the tidal flats of the Maplin Sands, and then it turns and runs parallel to the coasts of Havangor and and Foulness. What? This is. And then it goes. Havengor, real life Havengor. Lord of the Rings. I feel like you're going to make us. Is this why yep. you were looking for dice? Is this, this D&D? Is- <laughs> we are now playing D&D. And neither it of sounds us like fucking it. D&D. So this, this only, you can only use this footpath at low tide, obviously, because you're walking in the ocean. Mm-hmm. There is quicksand. And the tide runs in extremely fast, faster than a person can run. It's also easy to get disoriented if a sea fog comes in 
And uh, strong winds can significantly uh, speed up when the tide is going to come in. This is D&D. I'm not shitting you. This is all fucking true. It's called the Broomway because historically the route was marked by sticks put into the sand with little bits of straw on top to help you identify them that look like brooms. They've been long gone as Kinetic does not put new sticks into the sand when the sea washes them away. Rude. Over 100 people have died walking the broomness <gasps> since 1932. Oh, my God. 66 of which are buried in the little churchyard and boarded up church. <laughs> oh, my God. It is known as the most dangerous footpath in the world. And it's only open from noon to four on the first Sunday of the month from April to October. Shut the fuck up. This is it's a long walk exclusive. with a short window. Yes, it's a long walk with a very short window when it'll work. You can't take a boat because there's too much quicksand and mud and most boats are too deep. They can't like go over this. this. You got to walk, right? You can't take a raft. You could, your raft is probably going to get stuck on the map. I think you'd need a stand up paddleboard. (laughs) I hate to say that. I do have one question. So yes, if you go on the path when you are allowed to, but you don't, leave in time to go back do you have to stay on the island for like a full month until you can legally leave uh no you can uh attempt to leave the following week the week because uh, okay. you can do it every, every sunday, sunday. i thought it was the first sunday. sorry the first sunday is just when the uh the actual little historical place is open got it but you it is open just, every sunday you can't just fucking hop on a bus on monday you can, yeah. Oh, okay. Now you can hop on a bus on Monday. But let's talk about the 1800s, before there oh, was a road. Okay. Or and bus. people were using the broomway as their main way of getting on and off the island. Here is a description of the broomway from Rushford 100, Philip Benton. Rushford 100 is apparently a title. I don't know. And Philip Benton is the author from 1867. All right going to read this in 1867 language so enjoy it's extremely perilous for any stranger to attempt the passage to or from the island without a guide but the dangers attending it have been a pleasurable excitement to many some farmers would stay to the last second and then race the tide and swim the creeks some of those who have been used to the sands all their lives have yielded up their breath and many hairbreadth escapes are recorded The present Charles Miller, late surgeon at Great Wakering, who during his professional duties occasionally lost his way, formerly possessed an old horse, which upon such an emergency, when the rains were throw up, her instinct never failed her to run to shore. Fogs are liable to come on, the tide out of course, and other accidents occur so that the most experienced may lose their way. Those on foot who attempt the passage to the creek should be cautious as dangerous holes exist. One called... One is called Shagsby's from a man who was lost in there. Oh, poor Shagsby's. Shagsby lost in a hole. It's on the edge of the saltings at Great Shufford. Mm. This writer was once lost in a fog whilst shooting wild fowl on the sands and except for some timely assistance might have lost his life. The fogs appear a little distance and then all of a sudden you don't know where north, south, east or west are. Uh, as a hu- hint to future sportsmen, the author uh, suggests tying his arm to the muzzle of a gun and burying it into the sand to simplify the search for your body. 
Whoa. Oh, my God. Among those who have been drowned upon these occasions was Thomas Jackson, an apothecary in the year 1711, Thomas Miller, surgeon of Great Wakering, son of Morton Miller of the same place, both lost, coming from foulness at age 45. He was on horseback and was discovered swimming in the haven by some men in a barge. Hmm. And it's supposed that his horse afterwards threw and kicked him as a mark of the shoe appeared on his temple. (laughs) One of the most distressing events of this nature occurred in 1836 when two poor girls named Chittix and Bates were found dead. I I can't. Not drowned, but exhausted from cold, wet, and fright. Although entreated to stay at Wakering, they refused as they expected to meet their sweethearts on the opposite side of Foulness Island. Oh, Chittix. The night was a frightful one with frequent flashes of forked lightning. Nearly all Foulness attended their funeral. Oh, that sounds like evil. So they were just waiting for their dates to show up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, no, we don't want to get rescued. No, they just didn't. Their dates were on foulness, and they wanted to get back to them after a day on the mainland. Come on, y'all. Okay, sorry. In 1857, William Harvey, a shepherd, was drowned. In consequence, it is thought of having been led astray by a light. Mm. Another of these victims. <laughs> I mean, that's just Don't Darwinism. follow the dead lights. This is Lord of the Rings to me. Another of these victims was Gardner of Havengore, Mr. Archer's son-in-law. He was extremely deaf and being set down from a cart near his own headway, wandered from the tracks. His cries were heard from the shore, but on account of his deafness, he did not hear his would-be deliverers. It would have been dangerous to leave the land in total darkness, and the shrieks of lost persons have often been heard. One of the most recent casualties was that of an unfortunate Irish policeman who, from a sense of duty, having a paper to deliver, remained too long on the island, and though warned, attempted the passage and was overtaken and lost his life by the raging water at the first creek. That's some fucking post office shit. Shouldn't have gone. But he wasn't. He was a sheriff. Yeah, but he was taking a letter. But he definitely wasn't part of the USPS. No. So somebody from the BBC walked the broomway a couple years ago, and I'm not going to read that whole article because it's long, but uh, it's worth reading because he does kind of lose his fucking mind in the fog, and there are some very bleak pictures of what the broomway looks like in 2017. It just looks like flat marshland as far as the eye can see, nothing on the horizon. When the fog builds up, it's just like endlessness with nothing to mark your way whatsoever. It's like the never ending story. Yeah. It's like the nothing. But the horses get out. (laughs) Yeah. But the people don't. (laughs) Right. The only marker left is a metal broom called the Maypole. And it's a sunken telegraph pole uh, that's at the Southeastern edge of a tidal channel called Havengore Creek. Uh, So if you see that you try not to walk past it, because then you're just walking straight out into the North sea. Other than that, try to veer back towards shore at some point. And that is the Broomway and Foulness Island. If you want, they have a charity bike ride there once a year where they ride from shore onto the island. I kind of want to go. I know. It sounds awesome. I'm into it. Also, I was thinking that you were going to say that the person who walked it, the journalist, was like, y'all, it isn't that hard. Like, you just fucking... Go at the time you're supposed to and don't be an idiot, but don't follow any lights. I was wrong. Oh, God, no. Don't follow the deadlights. 
Yeah, no, he's like, uh, that hour was an hour I'll never forget. We didn't know where the sand would turn to mud. A mile out, the white mist still hovered, and in the haze, I started to see impossible forms and shapes. A fleet of Viking longboats with high lug-rigged square sails, a squadron of felucas, dows, and scoths, cityscapes like Istanbul and the Houses of Parliament. When I looked back, the coastline was all but imperceptible, and it was apparent that our footprints had been going in circles. <laughs> so we splashed tracelessly on out to the tidal limit. I felt at that moment unarguable that a horizon line might exert as potent a pull on my mind as a mountain summit. Yeah, he goes crazy walking this. Path. I mean, I I realize that he's trying to write something that sounds crazy, but also that sounds like way below. Like you saw Viking yeah. ships, you saw fucking whatever bullshit. But I don't know, man. If I'm gonna cross it, I'm probably gonna get a little high too. Yeah, he was more than a little high, I think. More than a little. My favorite thing is that they recommend if you do walk it to take your shoes off at the wakering stairs and just do it barefoot because it's so muddy that you end up wearing boots of mud one way or another. Is there a place to stay when you do get stuck on the island? No. The cemetery. (laughs) Not unless one of the 157 residents takes a liking to you. Or you can break into one of the 18 empty condemned houses. Otherwise, you're sleeping on the marsh with the several homeless people who hang out on Foulness Island. Dang. Foulness? I liked reading this because it like I had been missing travel. And this made me stop missing travel. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I still do kind of want to go. Like, can you imagine, like, how the people who live on that island, like, what they sound like? They must have some weird dialect, just, and they must be the weirdest fucking people. Like, yeah, totally. Dang. And they're like, I don't understand why all of y'all don't just have fucking canoes. And you're like, they did interview one guy, and he's like, well, we have no crime. Hmm? It's like, okay, sure. Hmm? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unless you count all the accidental deaths out on the, yeah. the footpath to get to your house. That and the loitering of the homeless. I don't know if they have loitering laws there. Oh, I but doubt it. Sounds, it. Like, sounds like a British law, a British word, loitering. Loitering. Kicking loitering stuff. on the Thames. Yep. 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 I... <laughs> I just keep thinking about Milo and Otis now when he's like (laughs) running through the little like a volcano field or whatever that was. Nothing. Mm -mm. No, it was a black sand beach. That's what it was. I'm just glad that this story brought up all the traumatized animal footage from movies (laughs) he saw as a child. (laughs) Or you. Mm, It did. (laughs) Sure did. (laughs) Who learned something? Anyone? I mean, I mean, I learned about this shitty island <laughs> that should just be bombed off the. I also, Why don't they do they're an trying. experiment they're on how? Okay. They're bombing it as hard as they can. Oh, that's the yeah. other reason you have to take the footpath is if you just try to wander to shore. If you can see it because it's not foggy, they highly recommend don't. Because uh, and also, there's a. <laughs> it sounds like a video game. There's a sign at the beginning of the footpath that says, if you see any objects on the ground, do not touch them. They may explode. Fuck, man. It's so awesome. And this is going to keep me up. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. It's September. Happy Halloween. 
follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and fucking Twitter at Weird Brunch. Thanks. Bye.